This is an RNZ podcast. The eyes are 70, the nose are 51, the eyes have it. Order, order. Second reading. Clerk reads the bill. End of life choice bill, second reading. This bill is set down for consideration in committee next sitting day. Unlock the doors. That was Parliament Speaker Trevor Mallard with the outcome of the conscience vote on the end-of-life bill last Wednesday. And in conversation with euthanasia campaigner Leslie Martin the following morning on TVNZ's breakfast show, John Campbell pointed out that it's been a long process getting to that point and there's much more process to go through yet, during which people who don't want the law changed will continue to campaign for that. This is the third time we've seen a bill in this form uh, before the House. 1995 it failed, 2003 has failed, 7050 mm. now, but with a lot of amendments, I think, to come in this third phase. What do you think of the bill? Well, let's just start with the amendments. I mean, I know Judith Collins has, has got a whole toilet roll full. Maggie Barry. And, uh, Maggie, oh, sorry, Ma- yeah, sorry, Maggie sorry. Barry. No, oh, yeah, but she has, it is a toilet roll full. You're quite right. Readers of The Herald on Sunday last weekend couldn't have failed to notice an ad taking up the whole of page 11. Doctors want no part in assisted suicide, said a big, bold, blood-red headline above an open letter signed by more than a 1,000 doctors who say that, even if it's legalised, euthanasia is unethical. And that was superimposed on a sea of hundreds of names in the background. The Care Alliance, a charity that opposes physician-assisted euthanasia, paid for the ad which urges other doctors to sign up. And the ad will have annoyed readers who don't necessarily agree with that viewpoint on this contentious issue. But groups wanting to have a say are entitled to buy space in the media to get a message across, and publishers are quite entitled to place those ads and charge groups willing to pay for it. But the ad last Sunday wasn't really aimed at doctors who might be reading the paper or even the hundreds of thousands of other readers of the Herald on Sunday. It was really aimed at MPs voting with their consciences on the end-of-life choice bill, which was back in Parliament this week. And the ad certainly got the attention of the media on an otherwise slow news Sunday. The Herald's sister station, News Talk ZB, covered the ad in its weekend collective show. Sinead, why are you and, uh, and the other doctors, uh, more than a 1,000, uh, against assisted suicide? Um, well, we've taken the stance of putting our names to that letter because we're deeply concerned uh, that if this bill became legalised for euthanasia and assisted suicide, that it would put vulnerable people uh, more at risk. The Care Alliance ad was also the lead story in RNZ's news bulletin on Sunday morning and the following day also a story for morning report on RNZ National and another outing for Dr Donnelly. She argues the bill changes the relationship between doctors and patients. And she has this message for MPs who are voting on Wednesday. They have been given by us the right to vote on this very important issue. So the the message is that as doctors, we don't want to be part of it. You're going to, in our view, um, destroy the profession of medicine by drawing us in to ending the life of our patients. So the Care Alliance got a decent return on its investment on that ad in the Herald on Sunday last weekend from the news media. And so did another political ad published in the Weekend Herald a day before, one showing the former Prime Minister John Key morphing into prospective politician Christopher Luxon against a backdrop of National Party Blue. Now the fact that it looked like on the face of it a political party promotion, which might break the rules for those, guaranteed that this ad was also discussed on Monday's Morning Report. 
Electoral experts and lawyer Graham Edgler says in an advertisement with the New Zealand Herald on Saturday suggesting the outgoing Air New Zealand chief executive should run for the National Party leadership for next year's election is unlawful. The ad is a reworking of Dick Frizzell's well-known artwork, Mickey to Tiki. In Morning Report, Susie Ferguson wasn't the only one comparing it to Dick Frizzell's piece of Kiwiana pop art. A sort of a take-off of, of um, uh, Dick Frizzell's uh, artwork, uh, you know, where, where Mickey Mouse morphs into a tiki. And I must say, when I saw it, you could have knocked me over with a feather. I thought, this does not look like the National Party to me. Former Herald editor-in-chief Gavin Ellis on his weekly media slot on 9th noon last Tuesday. Now, there have been a few Mickey Mouse politicians down the years, but the cartoon character himself has never put his hand up for politics here. And here at Media Watch, the ad reminded us more of an older cartoon, which once graced the cover of a collection of political cartoons from the 1980s. During the turbulent times of the fourth Labour government, cartoonist Trace Hodgson drew a jovial David Longy, dramatically morphing over five frames into a wild-eyed, sharp-fanged Roger Douglas. Now, the ad in the Weekend Herald, by contrast, wishfully showed the outgoing Air New Zealand boss Christopher Luxon as a future manifestation of the electorally successful John Key. And the man behind the ad turned out to be not the National Party, but a property tycoon who was once New Zealand's youngest real estate agent. Now, he hasn't yet given the media his reasons for shelling out an estimated $20,000 for the half-page ad. But on 9 to noon, Gavin Ellis reckoned the paper shouldn't have printed it. Why did... The Herald on Sunday accept that ad and publish it without making some fairly rigorous inquiries of the National Party and Mr Luxon before doing so. Now, the Electoral Commission is looking into the um, the, the ad, um, but th- that presumably will only be to see whether there is any uh, reason why... Um, Entrepreneur Steve Brooks should be called to account, uh, not the newspaper. But it surprised me, and surprised me greatly, that um, that the uh, that the Herald on Sunday would ro- run that ad without first checking with the National Party and uh, Mr. Luxon to see whether um, they were responsible. It was actually the Weekend Herald, not the Herald on Sunday, which published Stephen Brooks' odd ad. But on Morning Report, electoral law specialist Graham Edgeler told Susie Ferguson the Herald could be liable. What about the New Zealand Herald here? Do they have any responsibility because they were the publisher? Yes, they do. If the ad is, is considered to be an illegal ad, I assume they haven't sort of been lied to in some way. You know, they've just taken an ad and, and published it without perhaps realising the importance of it. If the, the Herald have had their you know, a statement somewhere, you know, yes, no, I have permission from the National Party, um, this is an official ad, you know, that, that would be useful for them. Uh, if they haven't, they've published the ad just as much as the, uh, the person who asked them to publish it. Uh, and so it's something they could get in trouble for as well. And so the consequences... Um, yeah, Particularly serious. It's not a particularly serious offence. I mean, it's a, a in the current for the, for the people involved, it would be a, a maximum fine of ten thousand dollars, and that would you know it's one ad, you know, far out from the election. It's uh, as far as we can tell, it's not a dishonest ad, and sort of you know it's not pretending to actually be a national party ad. You know, it hasn't got the approved by Greg Hamilton, the national party secretary, on it, or anything like that. So it's it's not you know nearly as bad as it might be for this type of ad, but. 
essentially the, the person who promoted the ad and the publisher themselves having, it seems, not done enough checks to, to make sure that um, this was an ad that was allowed to be published could potentially be prosecuted. Now, Christopher Luxon is not even a member of the National Party yet, let alone a candidate. But the same day, the New Zealand Herald also carried the news that its owner and publisher, NZME, had been sanctioned for running political ads from someone who is a candidate in a hotly contested election. A political ad by mayoral candidate John Tamahiri has been judged misleading by New Zealand's advertising watchdog. The Advertising Standards Authority upheld a complaint about the ad from a member of the public. It had claimed Gough is letting Auckland Transport cut the speed limit on 700 kilometres of roads to just 30 kilometres an hour. This ad, which played on News Talk ZB for two weeks, had Mr Tamahiri reading the following script. Did you know Phil Goff is letting Auckland Transport cut the speed on 700 kilometres of road to just 30 kilometres an hour? No suburb will escape this crazy plan. The actual proposal is for speed limits ranging from between 30 and 80 kilometres an hour, depending on where you live in Auckland. And Auckland Transport reckons that only about 70 kilometres of roads in the region could be restricted to just 30 kilometres an hour under the proposal. And all this was just a proposal, they said, for the public yet to consider. But John Tamahiri told the Advertising Standards Authority his team didn't have time to put all that detail into a 30-second ad, though the ad in question was actually only 15 seconds long. Now, John Tamahiri said he simply chose to alert people to the proposal in an advert because... Auckland Transport had done a very unsatisfactory job of advising the public. More people heard our advertisement than Auckland Transport reached with their consultation programme. Though if that's true, well, that makes the consequences of his ad's misleading message even more serious. Now, Auckland Transport is a major target of John Tamahiri's campaigning. He's said that it's conducting a war on motorists, and he's promised to shake up Auckland Transport and sack the senior staff if he's elected as mayor. And the council-controlled agency has angered John Tamahiri by periodically publishing all of its correspondence with his team on its website in the interests, it says, of transparency. And when Auckland Transport complained directly to John Tamahiri about the accuracy of those campaign radio ads, he complained that officials paid from the public purse were seeking to muzzle him without justification. Now, none of this, of course, helps give the people of Auckland a true picture of an actual election issue, so who's to blame in this case? Well, NZME told the Advertising Standards Authority that John Tamahiri's election ad was designed and submitted on behalf of the client, and it presumed that the script and the figures provided were correct. NZME, which owns both News Talk ZB and The Herald, told the authority its advertisers are responsible for ensuring their ads can be substantiated. But it also said... Notwithstanding that, we are cognizant of the fact that we too have a responsibility as a broadcaster to ensure that the public is not misled. Indeed they do. But the member of the public who complained about the ad to the authority in the first place, former ACT Party MP John Biscarwin, actually said it was the Herald which confirmed the ad was inaccurate. He told the Advertising Standards Authority... The Herald's own website says the material in the ad is false and misleading. My complaint is that ZB and John Tamahiri continue to run the ad when they know it is false. And NZME did tell the Advertising Standards Authority there was no evidence that anyone there had ever asked Mr Tamahiri if the figures quoted could be substantiated. And it added... Our team has been reminded to be vigilant when accepting advocacy advertisements to avoid this from reoccurring. But, as we've just heard, that didn't prevent the Weekend Herald from publishing that decidedly dodgy-looking ad about Christopher Luxon, which many readers took to be a National Party promotion. 
As the Auckland elections heat up and a general election is little more than a year away, more background checks are clearly needed before they cash the checks from people who want them to publish political propaganda.